Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life TBD. My name is Emily, and I've always found myself searching for the meaning behind my experiences. On this podcast, I explore and share what I'm learning and unlearning that is unpacking the way that I think, the person that I'm becoming, and what I'm doing to allow life to be defined. No, your ears are not deceiving you. The podcast officially has a name. And beside me just really loving having a podcast called TBD, here's the scoop on why I've landed on the name I have. I am someone who is always looking to grow and evolve, sometimes to a detriment. And in most ways, it's it's an aspect of myself that I really, really love. The place that that starts, that evolution, it starts in my thoughts, and then it moves into the person that I become, which changes the things that I do. Ultimately, when those three things happen, I tend to redefine my life, which also made me realize that think, be, do, and to be defined are both TBD. And then I subsequently had an aha moment And I was like, oh shit, that's it. (laughs) That concludes the Finding a Name saga. And I'm incredibly proud of myself for coming up with it in three weeks, which I had support for those of you guys who sent me suggestions, rock on. And this is actually inspired by one of those suggestions. So thank you, Marco. You definitely get the credit here, you creative man. All right, now it's time to get into the episode that I have got for you. This episode speaks a lot to fear, and even more so, it speaks to experiencing and feeling fear and doing it anyway, doing the thing that makes me scared. For whatever reason this year, I have found myself asking, what is my vision? What life do I see for myself? And then I find myself asking, what's stopping me from living that life? It's interesting because the last 10 months have been incredibly insane. (laughs) I changed everything last July. I moved across the country it was a huge risk. I wasn't sure if I could do it. I instead had to lean into this huge decision that made me so scared. And I remember the first day that I got here, and it was very different than when I vacationed here in LA. Instead, I looked around and I was like, oh my God, this is real. I'm really doing this. And that scared the shit out of me. So I want to explore that. I want to talk about it and see if some of the things that have helped me and worked for me might work for you when it comes to trying a new thing, making that huge move, quitting that job, stepping into areas that make us scared, that make us feel unsafe, but also could potentially lead to a happier, more fulfilling life. My quote today is from Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady of the United States in the 1930s, who 
was often seen as fearless, as unfiltered, and prided herself on portraying as honest of an experience as a human being as she possibly could as a woman in the 1930s, especially a woman in the public eye in which she was constantly ridiculed. The Roosevelts had quite a strong viewpoint when it came to fear. Teddy Roosevelt, the president himself, has a well-known quote that goes by, nothing to fear but fear itself. Eleanor Roosevelt has a quote that really stands out to me. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror and I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. I found it incredibly interesting that one in three Americans have a severe fear of failure to the point that it prevents them from trying anything new or starting any new hobbies. And it made me reflect a lot on my own relationship with fear of failure. What it was that stopped me from moving to California in the first place and why I waited until I was 29 years old. Because I really have always wanted to live in California since I was a teenager. And I really, people are like, why? Why California? I really don't know. Other than I have always semi- gravitated to the thought process and the lifestyle that tends to exist on the West Coast. And for my entire life, people have asked me where I'm from and are then shocked to find out that I've been born and raised in Atlanta, probably because I look like I would be from California and I sound like I could potentially be from California. Ah, yeah, I've just, I've always wanted to be on this coast. Yet I waited and I waited and I waited and I let all these different little fears and excuses get in the way of doing just that. One of them was Atlanta is a sense of safety. It's a sense of home for me. I have everyone that I've ever known there. I mean, that's what happens when you live in one area of the country, let alone world your entire life. You you build a community, whether you mean to or not. And I definitely did. I met a lot of people during different chapters of my life and, and a good number of them stuck around to where I, I feel like I have chosen family in Atlanta, which is something I, I really, really cherish. And then not only that, but I, I also have my dad, who was a huge barrier to me moving across the country. We have a very unique bond and deciding to leave him across the country and and instead choose what I've always desired was incredibly difficult. When I was younger, it's safe to say I would rather have put my own desires last in order to do my best as a daughter. I also felt like I needed a lot of money. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like all things, I think money is a really easy fallback excuse. Like, oh, I just don't have enough money to do that. When I have enough money, I'll do it. And then that just gets said for years and years and years and years. I don't know. Either you get enough money or you don't. And I call BS, you know, because for me, it was BS. Most of all, 
I was really afraid of what it would mean if I came all the way out here and did not find success, did not make it work, and had to return home. I was really afraid of having to admit to that. Maybe maybe my own sense of pride, not wanting to be a failure, a quote-unquote failure, perhaps people's judgment. I didn't want people to be right. That was also a thing. I didn't want people to be right about this decision. And so it definitely made me wait to do it for 15 years. When I finally did it, it's actually really funny how it went down to me because it just felt like this insane manifestation I knew by last April that I was going to move out here. I just knew I was going to figure out a way and I was going to make it work, but I had no idea how. It absolutely overwhelmed me to think about it, but I was like, I'm determined. I I said I was going to move by the end of my lease and I'm going to fucking do that. So I by April, I had about four months to figure it out. In June, I get an opportunity from someone I know who happens to have a vacant property for a month in July. And I was just like, fuck it. Okay, that's it. If if I was asking for support and if I was asking for a manifestation here and this thing that I want, like this is it. And if I say no to this opportunity, then I don't think the universe is going to believe me when they when I say I really want to move here. And so I took it. I took this opportunity. I packed up all of my stuff. I sold all of my furniture. I moved any of the little things I had to my dad's tiny little place in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. I grabbed my friend and moved across the country and didn't look back. I didn't have a guaranteed long-term living situation. I didn't know what I was going to do for work. I didn't know people like that out here. It was incredibly scary. I always wanted a fresh beginning where I moved someplace where I didn't know anyone. And I and I did that, I created that. And it scared me every single day. To be honest, it still really scares me fairly often that I did this. Way less than it did 10 months ago. Yeah, that fear of of doing exactly what it is you want is is very intense and it doesn't go away. And in fact, something that I lean into now is if it's something that I want and it scares me a little, it's probably the right choice because growth is on the other side of what's uncomfortable. If what I want makes me a little uncomfortable, then I'm, I'm looking to grow. And I can say that that works for me just on the simple fact that it is allowing me to have opportunities that I wouldn't have had had I not chosen to lean into the uncomfortable, to lean into the fear, to lean into doing exactly what I want to (laughs) do. I think back to who I was in my early 20s, and I think back to how I couldn't do this back then, how my mindset was fully not believing that this was a possible life for me at that stage. And I realized that in order to get to this mentality that I have now and get to the point where I could take such a big risk and will likely continue to take bigger and bigger risk as I get older, I had to take a lot of other risk before this point to show 
that on the other side of the fear is something good, is something powerful, is something rewarding. You know, that saying that with great risk comes great reward. (laughs) For that to become something that felt true for me. I remember the first time that I really had to face my my fear of failure. And it was when I was 20 years old and I dropped out of college for the first time. I just wasn't finding meaning in it. I felt like I was wasting my time. After I dropped out, I went and I got food with a friend. She said to me that she would be incredibly disappointed in me if I never went back to school and got my degree. And those words haunted me that day. I remember I sat there with them and I really thought about it and I thought it over for days and days until I ultimately got to the decision that I would go back to college and I would go back to school. And that came from a place of one, I wasn't confident in the decision I made for myself. I wasn't confident that dropping out of school was the best thing for me. And when she verbalized that, it gave validation to exactly what I was afraid of, which for me at the time, fear of failure was really fear of proving to others how inadequate I thought I was. It was proving that I am in fact a disappointment. That's what failure meant to me. It had nothing to do with actually failing. It had everything to do with what other people thought of me. And that just goes to show that there was a lot of work and healing and love that needed to be developed and and nurtured. A year later, after I went back to college, I started therapy. I, I went to the school therapist. And through those sessions, I managed to get back to a place of I... I'm dropping out of school. (laughs) But this time it was different. I didn't have those doubts in myself. I didn't really care what someone else felt or thought. I think I'd also spoken about the situation to not just my therapist, but to other friends that I felt safe with. And yeah, you know, it was at the end of the day, it didn't really matter if someone was disappointed in my decisions. All that mattered was that I was doing what I wanted to do. And so my narrative changed around why I was dropping out. I was dropping out at that point when I was 21 versus 20 because I knew that no matter what, I would be successful. And just that knowledge, just that firm belief that no matter what I did, I would be successful. And that if I put my mind to it, it would work out. That allowed me to drop out in peace and not have any regrets about it and not look back. Sure enough, two years later, I took another big risk where I also had people who had expressed their doubts and whether it would work out. And I started a business and that business was successful and I had it for seven years. And in that time, I took a lot of other little risks and I even taught myself something new. I taught myself how to do yoga. I taught myself handstands. I became a yoga teacher. I took many, many risks and was always rewarded every time I stepped into doing something that I felt called to do and every something that I wanted to do despite what other people thought of me. So over the course of my 20s, I began to unprogram without meaning to this original fear of failure that I had, this original definition of failure. And it stopped being about 
what other people thought of my decisions and what other people projected the outcome of my decisions to be projected or predicted. I'm not quite sure which is the right word, (laughs) but instead listening to my intuition, listening to what my soul felt called to do and leaning into that instead. Now I define failure as disappointing myself by never trying or by listening to the naysayers and the people projecting their doubts onto me. I view it as being unwilling to take the risk. Even then, I don't know that I believe in a hard line fail unless it's more of the mindset that failure, quote unquote, is just another opportunity to learn a lesson. Maybe it didn't work this way. Maybe it'll work another way. Maybe it's time to reroute and reconsider. None of those are bad. So I don't see failure as being bad anymore. Whereas before, it definitely felt like there was a hard line. Now, don't get me wrong. I can think of a lot of times where I moved here across the country and I definitely wondered Definitely wondered if I was going to be able to do this. Those thoughts and those feelings, they don't go away. They come from these these very deep-rooted insecurities and traumas that require nurturing and tending to. I'm not just this 110% healed version of who I was when I was 20. However, I am a version of myself that has self-awareness, that has grown, that sees life a little differently because of that that growth. And I'm very grateful for the times that I've made mistakes. I'm very grateful for the times that I've made the wrong decision because those are the times that I've learned the most about myself, whether it's in a relationship or in a work environment or in a hobby or at my home or on a trip and traveling or anything. Any time that I have made a mistake has usually led to some really amazing lessons that I was always really grateful to learn. So I would like to end this episode with a really dope poem from Mother Teresa. And this is part of her final analysis perspective on life. And I thought it was pretty amazing. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Ooh, Mother Teresa, you did it again. 
Thank you for coming to another episode. Or did you come to the episode or did you tune in? You tuned in. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life to be Defined or TD. I appreciate the feedback that you guys have been giving me. I have loved the hype and the encouragement. And I've also loved the honesty and the quality of the feedback I have received. And so keep it coming. And if you want to take it up a notch, leave a review, but like make it five stars. Let's be real. Make it a five star review. I have Alexa talking right now. One second. Alexa, Alexa. No, stop, please. Don't forget. Be nice to your Alexas. (laughs) Anyway, you get the gist. Give me a review or a star or a follow and a subscribe or all of the above. Talk soon.